Welcome everybody to Digging Deeper, a podcast of the Glendale Road Church of Christ. I'm Stephen Hunter, the minister of the Glendale Road Church of Christ, and I welcome you. Today will be the final in a series of how the Bible was created. So you can look back over the weeks to the various various other podcasts if you want to listen and catch up. So now we get into what I would call some church history. So the 27 books that make up the New Testament appear in a letter of a prominent bishop by the name of Athanasius in the year 367. And this is the typical starting point for many regarding their history of the New Testament canon. Now because of such a detailed letter regarding the New Testament, some have concluded that the canon was a late invention considering that this letter was dated to the 4th century. Still, the canon of Scripture, that is, the standard of New Testament Scripture, emerged in the first century and is evident in the writings of the early writings of various other Christians. And so that was functional long before the fourth century. So what I usually like to tell people, some will argue that the quote-unquote church, and by that they mean the Catholic or Orthodox Church, established the 27 books of the New Testament and those various books of the Old Testament as the canon. My contention is they did not decide what the canon was, but rather acknowledged what had always been recognized as the canon. So, when you look at Athanasius and the letter that he wrote, he wrote it to end the dispute about other Orthodox letters that were believed to be equal to apostolic writings. For example, there are a couple of writings that were prominent in some Christian circles, such as the Shepherd of Hermas and the Epistle of Barnabas. However, though they were well regarded, they were not considered divinely inspired. Now this also details Peter's epistles and Revelation's authenticity, which you may or may not know. But the epistles of Peter and the book of Revelation was questionable to some in the early church. Well, earlier than Athanasius's festal letter, a catalog from North Africa lists 24 books, and this is from 359 A.D., and this is called the Momsen Catalog. Now, about 350, Cyril of Jerusalem had listed all the books that we have in our New Testament except for Revelation. But the Council of Nicaea is often the canon's accepted settled point in 325. You notice I'm kind of working from the late date going back earlier, and so I'm just trying to flesh out the history. But the Council of Nicaea wasn't entirely about the canon. It was more about the divinity of Jesus. And out of that came what is called now the Nicene Creed. Because they affirmed the canon doesn't mean that they created it. Similarly, regional church councils also acknowledged the canon, but they didn't determine it. A canon scholar by the name of Michael Kruger puts it this way. These councils were declaring the way things had been, not the way they wanted them to be. Around the year 250, uh, an early church theologian by the name of Origen produced a list of the New Testament in his copy, uh, rather in his commentary on Joshua. And here's what it says. Matthew, 
Mark also, Luke and John each, even Peter in two of his epistles, also James and Jude, in addition John through his epistles, and Luke as he describes the Acts of the Apostles in 14 of Paul's epistles. So something, you know, you say that, well, I didn't hear the book of Hebrews mentioned. Um, some people in the early church believe that Paul was the author of Hebrews, so Origen may have, may have thought along those lines too. Uh, he does not have Revelation in that list, uh, but he may have considered Revelation one of the epistles of John. Uh, let's see. So, what precipitated the list and the official declaration of the canon began in 144 AD, and it was because of an early church heretic by the name of Marcion. Marcion only listed the Gospel of Luke and 10 of Paul's epistles. He omitted First and Second Timothy and Titus and the book of Hebrews. Uh, we see a harmony of the four Gospels appearing in 170 by Tatian, and it's entitled the Diatessaron. Around that same time, Melito of Sardis identified the Old Testament used by the Jews. So the earliest response to Marcion's list with a list is what's called the Muratorian Canon from the year 180, and it's named after its discoverer. It contains 22 of our 27 books, but leaves out James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 3rd John, and Hebrews. But interestingly enough, around the same time as the Muratorian Canon, another leader in the church, by the name of Irenaeus, he was the first to refer to it as a New Testament. I know that's a lot of history, and sometimes when you take history classes, you're like, that's a lot of dates and a lot of timelines. So you may want to listen to that a time or two. But this leads to the truth that some books that we now acknowledge as inspired were questionable by some. But Athanasius, in his letter, he explained the reasoning for excluding uh, two well-regarded writings, but a few were disputed earlier, such as Second Peter and Second and Three John, and Jude and James. But there are other writings that were just outright rejected. For example, the Acts of Paul, the Apocalypse of Peter, the Gospels of Peter, Thomas, and Matthias. So you had a standard, and you had some that disagreed, but ultimately it was settled that the books that make up our New Testaments were divinely inspired. And so we have carried that forward since then. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a timeline. So if you like taking notes, this would be a, a, a good part to take notes on. So here's a timeline of everything that occurred regarding the New Testament. Jesus was born somewhere between the year 6 and 4 BC. That's according to a timeline that Josephus gives us. Now, there was a monk who came up with the B.C. A.D. timeline, but he was off by a few years. So, Jesus ministers somewhere between 28 and 33, and the earliest New Testament letter is the letter of James, written somewhere between 45 and 55. Galatians is written between 48 and 55. 1 Peter is written somewhere between the year 50 and 67. The Gospel of Matthew is written somewhere between the year 50 
the years between 50 and 70 AD. First and Second Thessalonians is believed to have been written in 51 AD. First and Second Corinthians was written in 55 AD. Romans was written between 55 and 57. Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are written between the years 61 and 63. Titus is written between the years 63 and 65. Second Peter is written between the years 63 and 67. First Timothy, 64 and 65. Second Timothy was written between the years of 65 and 67. The Gospel of Mark is written between 65 and 75. Hebrews, written between 65 and 70. Luke, between 70 and 80, those years. Acts, between 75 and 85. And John is written in the year 96. And Revelation was written a little bit later than that, it's believed. Now, scholars today believe that Mark was the first gospel written, whereas I have Matthew listed as that first gospel. But there's some overlapping timeline. Matthew is written between 50 and 70, but Mark is written between 65 and 75. So it is possible, given that timeline, that Mark could have been written before Matthew. But when you look at this as a whole, these are some of the, I guess you could say, conservative, orthodox dating of the New Testament. Now, if you pick up books written by scholars and academics, they're going to put a lot of these letters as much, much later. And I think part of the reason is, is they're looking at it from a scientific point of view rather than, uh, rather than a, well, I don't want to say it's scientific versus faith. It's really not. But they look at various factors in determining certain things, um, some of which are scientific, some of which are historical, but there's no uniform belief on all of this. But I will say this, there is a book, if you want to dive deep, and this is a technical book, Jonathan Bernier, Bernier, B-E-R-N-I-E-R, Bernier, I guess, he wrote a book called Rethinking the Dates of the New Testament, The Evidence for Early Composition. So he actually... Uh, He's an assistant professor of New Testament and the executive director of Lonergan Research Institute at Regis College at the University of Toronto. So he actually shook up Christian academic world because rather than arguing for all the late dates, which many scholars do, he argues for earlier dates. So if you're interested in that, that is a reputable source, very interesting arguments on that and you may not care to do that and that's that's well and fine too but now you know how the bible came to be now you know how the various books were included and some were excluded a timeline of all so next week we'll move on from this topic and i hope you all have a wonderful day